Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Mark Watson with us this morning and uh, Graham Beasley. Uh, so we've got plenty to cover here. Um, and let's start with you, Graham Beasley. The Black Caps, uh, they win game five. They lose the series 4-1. Will Young to the four. Henry Shipley to the four. Uh, what have you made of this uh, exercise in Pakistan? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think on the whole, it wasn't too bad. I, I think that... Um, that the Black Caps can take something out of it. Um, I mean, it it seemed to me it was more like a sort of set of five trial matches rather than uh, uh, a normal ODI series, if you get what I'm meaning there. Like, for example, uh, Daryl Mitchell didn't play overnight. So it was more about giving Young and Nichols the chance at the top of the order um, uh, and Blundell too, um, rather than trying to win the game as such. Now, obviously, they won it. Um, the winners out of the... So uh, would would, um, would certainly be young. I think that he's now probably penciled his name in for the um, for the squad for the World Cup in India. Um, not so much Henry Nichols, although I've got some sympathy for him because they played him at number six in I think three of the matches, and 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 that's not really his position. If he's if he's going to play in the World Cup, he's got to bat in the top three. So I don't quite know what they were trialing out there. Um, a player that interests me is Mark Chapman. I mean, obviously, he's a really good uh, uh, T20 player, and we saw that in the um, in the T20 part of this tour. Um, a couple of forty odds of thirty odd balls is great in a T20 game. I'm not sure that it's what they want out of an ODI player. Um, I think he he's going to be really on the cusp of of the um, of the World Cup selection, and I'd actually put him in the same category as. Um, uh, Finn Allen, really. I think both of them are really good T20 players and would be, you know, two of the first names you would put down on the T20 side to play in a World Cup. Whether they're ODI players or not, just yet, I'm not sure. So, um, so there's a bit of thinking to go on there, but I mean, I think that the second stringers did, um, did really well. Um, and, you know, you talk about Shipley, I'm not sure that he would be in the 50 over squad. For the World Cup, but um, yeah, but clearly he's a he's a talent that they'll um, uh, that they'll be keen on managing. Right, uh, of, of course, with us also is uh, Mark Watson, who does uh, so much work here on uh, SCNZ. Anyway, um, what I, I touched on it briefly the other day, but I, I just wonder whether um, you had a chance to perhaps even see the race or review it. Uh, Zoe Hobbs, uh, Mark Hinton, talking quite positively about that performance this morning fifth in a field of that uh, magnitude um, and also um, a, a, a little tribute to Tory uh, Bowie, um, that was very sad news last week Yeah, you never want to see young athletes um, or athletes of ilk dying at such a young age um, 
Yeah, uh, look, it's 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 you just don't wish that upon anyone. You don't wish that upon a family, um, friends, the country, and also you know clearly a wonderful athlete. I mean, any Olympic medal, they don't hand a lot out. So incredibly sad. And um, yeah, thought you know thoughts go out. And I know it, it sort of has rocked the athletic world as such. In regards to Zoe Hobbs. Uh, yeah, look, you know, she's in that top echelon of sprinters now. She just needs to be given those opportunities on a consistent and regular basis. And I think with the right conditions on the right night, um, I think she can do something, you know, very, you know, I think she can do something extraordinary, uh, you know, well below that sort of 10.9 seconds. Uh, she hasn't raced for a while, so I think that probably worked against her a little bit. I'd imagine she would have been incredibly nervous. Um, don't underestimate too, just, you know, the travel factor and all those other things in it. And perhaps not, perhaps... You know, not doing that on a consistent, regular basis as perhaps a lot of those other sort of A-list 100-meter runners. But yeah, it, it's strange, though, isn't it, Smithy, that we go back last year and somehow Athletics New Zealand couldn't find a way to pick her for the Commonwealth Games. So I, I saw just scratch my head on that, um, both on the mm. men's and women's side. You know, and it's an area that needs to be addressed because there's a lot of lesser athletes across a lot of other sports that seem to be able to get to the Commonwealth Games um, because their standards are just far lower. And, you know, we've got to reward these athletes. We've got to, you know, they're aspiring. They've said, hey, I want to chase the dream. They're chasing the dream. They're trying to do it legitimately. And I think, you know, there are just certain things when you've got the fastest female in the history of New Zealand 100-metre running. Um, you look at whether it be Weldon or whether it be Nikisha on the men's side, you know, the fastest 100-metre runners on the men's side in history, and they can't make Commonwealth Games teams. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully some lessons learnt there and yeah, we should be incredibly proud of Zoe Hobbs because there are just certain sports that I think are just so much harder to get to the top in than others and um, the 100 metres is certainly one of them. Right, uh, Mark Watson, Graham Beasley with us this morning here on the panel. We shall take a, a very quick break for uh, some news from Araha. Uh, when we come back, uh, plenty more to talk about. I'm pretty sure Mark Watson might have something to say about uh, the CEO of One New Zealand, Jason Paris, and his comments. That's kind of me, for my thinking anyway. That's right up Mark Watson's alley. We'll be back shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Right, we've got Mark Watson with us this morning and Graham Beasley. And before we get to uh, the rugby league and uh, perhaps the refereeing side of things, um, Graham Beasley, uh, an upset for the Hurricanes in the weekend. How did you see that? Yeah, it was. Um, but the thing is, Smithy, I didn't see it at all because it was played in the middle of the afternoon on Saturday and uh, at 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon, it's club rugby for me. So I was at Helson Park. Um, watching my beloved OBU actually go down to Johnsonville, I think for the first time ever. Um, so, yeah, so I was at that, I missed it. And what actually intrigued me is that there was a guy um, uh, standing along for me who yelled out, um, and he, he was obviously uh, following the Hurricanes game on Tribe, who yelled out, oh, the Hurricanes lost, and it was met with laughter around the ground. So this is at a Wellington club rugby match, between OBU and Johnsonville, these are all Wellington fans, Hurricanes fans, supposedly, and was met with laughter. So there's kind of a disconnect going on in rugby at the moment between uh, club rugby and super rugby, and I'm sure the Watto will have some thoughts on this as well. But, uh, yeah, I just thought they kind of rammed it home a bit, really. Before we get to Watto, though, that's a terrible afternoon for you because, one, your club team loses, <laughs> two, the Hurricane yeah. loses, and three, you, you, you're not eating out at Batoni where you have your lasagna. So you missed out on all three. 
Exactly, you're right. Um, yeah, so yeah, there aren't quite the culinary options in Johnsonville that there are in Petone. Um And you're right, although in both cases, if you were to lose to a side, you would kind of pick that. I mean, you know, to lose to the Dura, I mean, it's not like losing to the Crusaders or the Chiefs. So there's that. To lose to Johnsonville isn't so bad because the previous week we thrashed Marison Pats. So thrashing Marison Pats kind of makes the season, really. It doesn't matter too much what happens from <laughs> here on in. So um, <laughs> at least we lost the sides that you can kind of take, you know. <laughs> you sound like my mother, actually, when it comes to Marist teams. Anyway, uh, moving along, <laughs> uh, let's get across to uh, Mark Watson. And, uh, Mark, you no doubt you've read uh, that um, Mr Paris, Jason Paris, the CEO of One New Zealand, yes. might be in a bit of hot water. Is the NRL now look uh, to see if there can be any ramifications or any moves that they can make over his comments? Uh, what have you made of this whole thing? Oh, look, I think it's uh, look. I think he's endeared himself really nicely to the Warriors fans. I think it's sort of a very populist approach. Uh, is there a conspiracy against the Warriors? Well, I mean, if you talk to Ricky Stewart and you hear Ricky Stewart, there's conspiracy against the Canberra um, Raiders. If you talk to Wayne Bennett, there's been plenty of conspiracies against his side over the years. And so we've got to be a little bit careful. We tend to look at things purely through our eyes. I'm pretty sure that if you went across and had a chat to some Penrith fans, they'd probably be absolutely scathing at maybe some of the decisions they perceived that went against them. Uh, look, you know, it, it's gone from Vodafone to One New Zealand. How much of this is a marketing ploy? How much of this is just drawing attention to One New Zealand and getting that well and truly um, in the mindset of the, the their target market, which I think is a much younger audience than, say, perhaps what Spark is? Where he's got to be careful is starting to come out and saying that the referees basically, you know, behind their backs betting on the Warriors. Uh, you know, you start to get into some pretty sort of serious areas here where you start to bring individuals reputations into doubt based on little evidence and that's where I think you've got to be careful legally I haven't named names but you know clearly I think those referees in the middle of the park might be able to turn around and go hey hang on a minute you've damaged my reputation here Um, so he's got to be a little bit careful there but look I mean look he wears his heart on his sleeve clearly as I said I mean a whole lot of Warriors fans will be just agreeing with everything he said and they'll be reinforcing this great conspiracy theory what 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 can the NRL do? Probably not a lot. Uh, but at the same time, too, you've also got to have radicals. You've got to have people that do jump up and down because as much as the NRL hate it, they will look at it. They will sort of see if, in fact, there is any bias. They'll go back and have a look at some of those decisions. But this thing about protecting referees at all costs, I don't agree with that. They are a big part of the game. Um, we've seen it in rugby, sort of the British and Irish Lions with the two French referees, and they basically constantly give an immunity. Um, and, and, you know, every week there always seems to be discussions around the referees. And I think there needs to be uh, maybe a more uh, public way of uh, reacting to some of the outcry off the back of games and, and being able to be maybe, um, you know, actually take people through the process and why they came to decisions. And look, if referees do get it wrong, and referees will get it wrong, I don't think it's ever intentionally. And so it's a simple case, I think, of referees coming out of the referees saying, yes, we did get it wrong. And look, I know the NRL in the past have dropped referees for poor performances. And so I know they are reviewed. Um, But, yeah, I'm probably more keen, Smithy, to get your view on it. Uh, Look, I watched it. Um, I'd had a couple of uh, pints, so I wasn't exactly looking to the ins and outs of the game or the overall spectacle side of it. But it it does seem, you know, for me, Mark, when you send a player from the field of play, whether it be for 10 minutes or what, um, you are, uh, you've got to be very, very sure 
of your action and you've also got to be very, very consistent going forward from that point onward. That's what I'd like to probably like to say. Uh, and that is, I think, is uh, what the Warriors um, fans are saying. It's not that they're saying um, our guy uh, was partially treated. It's just saying the other side do the same thing and it doesn't appear mm. over a long period of time as if they cop the same punishment. And I think that's the message uh, there. And, uh, it's an interesting one for me in here too, Graham, because uh, even though it would have been tongue-in-cheek and met with a lot of humour within the press conference, when Andrew Webster says to the, the journalist, hey, fellas, you cover my fine if you want my honest opinion on the, pan on the loss to the Panthers, um, yeah, I think he's, he's almost, I won't say deliberately sparking something there, but he, he has unintentionally wound a few up. Yeah, he has, but I, I just think the Warriors fans shouldn't get too carried away with this, and they need to look back a few weeks, and that win over the Bulldogs was via a try that could easily have been overturned. So e even though probably um, overall they do get the rough of the green, and, and uh, that, that tackle on Harris um, by the Penrith player over the weekend, that, that was definitely a yellow card given what was just issued to the Warriors player a few minutes earlier. So, so you know, so they are getting the the rough end of the of the stick or whatever. But I just think to blame everything on the refs the whole time is a really dangerous route to go down. Um, you need some accountability. It wasn't the refereeing that cost the Warriors the match over the weekend. Um, so e even though. They are they are getting done a little bit. I think it's it's a bit of a dangerous road to go down to just sort of constantly every week blame it on the refs. Right, uh, Premier League results um, and uh, Man U lose one 0 to West Ham, which gives you Liverpool people, Mark Watson, a possibility of Champions League qualification. What a season! They're choking, aren't they? Manchester United beaten seven 0 by Liverpool, and ironically, it could be their greatest rival, their greatest enemy, who potentially knocks them out of Champions League football next year. How much weight is going to be on the very last game of the season? Manchester United, Man City, uh, Man City. It could end up ultimately being the, the finals, the final of all finals. Manchester United, their chance to play in at the highest echelon in Europe next year, um, and and potentially prevent Manchester City from winning the EPL and handing it to Arsenal. So that's the beautiful thing about this game. This is what Super Rugby doesn't have at the moment, is the unpredictability. There are very, very few games that don't have a lot of weight on them or don't have any weight on them in the English Premier League. You've still got Spurs fighting for UEFA uh, League Championship. You've got a wonderful battle at the bottom of the table to see who stays mm. up and who stays down. Desperate win again for West Ham to make sure that they're well and truly um, out of the relegation zone. And so... Yeah, it's just such an intriguing. It's just such an intriguing competition. Just so many narratives constantly supporting it. So you know, even around the transfer market, around the managers, and it's a model that, uh, yeah, rugby need to look at. It's just a wonderful competition. And go the mighty Liverpool. Go the mighty Liverpool. We haven't got the song queued up uh, because um, you didn't actually win yourself. Oh, oh, hold up. We, we can cue the song up. I'm not sure if Graham Beasley bring himself want to go you, through you it. Sing along with me no, if you want to. No, you, you can go hey, um, sing along. Sing along. Come on, mate. Sing yeah, along. Yeah, yeah, hey, jump what, in, Graham. What, by all what means, please. To, uh, what, what's in the club's hamstring? Or was that just all put on, was it? 
No, six weeks. Six weeks. He said that if he was a player, he'd be up for six weeks, but he's not a player. So, um, yeah, his hamstring went, mind you. Uh, but, but again, you know, his hamstring works. There he is running in front of this. What happens in rugby here? You know, I know they just sit up there and they have no emotion and no one talks about it. And it's left to the 80 minutes in the middle but of the But again, you know, while, while we're talking about people talking bagging about refs in the but, NRL, what, what about Klopp's performance last week? Disgraceful. No, it's not. It's part of the game. It's beautiful. I mean, imagine if rugby had Carlos Spencer back again doing the fingers to the Crusaders and brought some colour back to it. I've said this to Smithy before, Graham, and we've got to stop. These organisations have got to stop sitting down with these marketing companies pretending that everybody's perfect, that we've got to have the perfect product and we've got to target the family and we've got to be of the highest sort of moral ilk. Rubbish. We all love we all love a scandal. We all love a little bit of a train wreck. That's why yeah, so many I think people running and spitting in the face of a fourth official so wasn't great. People... <laughs> <laughs> no, but Brilliant. that's the emotion. Sport is about emotion, isn't it? You know, we've got to bring it back, man. Oh, we've got to have Beasley and Watson together again. It's as simple as that. We're talking about the CEO of One New Zealand for being irrational, for doing something. But hey, the sport is at the forefront of people's minds. People are talking about it around the water cooler. I guarantee there'll be a lot of interest this week in the Warriors game. There'll be a lot of interest in the referee. What's rugby got? Oh, oh you know, honestly. <laughs> Actually, uh, we'll finish on that. Uh, we... You can hear it in the background, and uh, here's a question we'll, I'll ask you uh, next time you're on, Graham Beasley, because we haven't got time, but Costa said, Morning, gentlemen. What's wrong with Marison Pats? Do tell. Amen, Costa. So, Graham Beasley, that'll be on start, your... Costa? That, <laughs> that's, on your, that's on your menu next time. Uh, it's 10.43. Thank you, gentlemen. A lot of fun. Appreciate it.